the second hour of Love Babs Love Talk. Don't mind my camera, people. I don't know what's happening. Harry and I try to figure out why I keep going into a live Andy Warhol moment of Technicolor. But listen, nothing stops me from talking to my dear friend, Dr. Jonathan uh, Berryman. How are you? Good morning. You know, I am. Uh, I'm chilling. <laughs> oh, it's President's <laughs> Day. <laughs> I'm so glad, glad for dead presidents uh, in a whole lot of ways. You know, like you don't got you don't got to be up because you up early in the morning. Like you, when I see you in the morning, you you taking pictures of like seven thirty in the morning in front of the school. Oh, those are the late pictures. I still have to turn the light on to get the the selfies before I leave home. Oh my god! <laughs> yes, well, you know. Lord have mercy. Bless you. Bless your heart. <laughs> and, and everything else. <laughs> so. The New Haven Corral. I did not know this story, Jonathan. We sat on the porch for, for all summer, did not know this story. Well, there's a lot to be told, right? <laughs> gathering folks at the house, gathering folks at your house, then y'all get to singing, and then the next thing you know, the New Haven Corral is born. Uh, yeah, yeah. Black people. Let me tell you something. You can't outdo Black people. <laughs> <laughs> They will create a way out of no way. <laughs> yes. So talk to yeah. me about the New Haven Corral. Like what, what, what? I mean, I know you're a musician. I knew you grew up with music. I know you got a bunch of degrees in music. What was it about starting the New Haven Corral that didn't exist in this form? So, so, uh, so the New Haven Corral is, Actually, is why the Heritage Corral in New Haven started. So let, let's get the, the New Haven Corral is a different entity, a wonderful entity, uh, and it, it, it was the New Haven Corral that called me, and because uh, Paul Mueller, who was the director at the time, wanted to do a piece uh, by William Grant Still, and they lynched him on a tree, uh, mm -hmm. which requires a white choir and a black choir to sing about a lynching scene. Ooh. Oh God, that is heavy. <laughs> It, the... <laughs> yeah, it, it, and that was my uh, response as well. I was like, ooh. Uh, so the New Haven Corral is predominantly, was predominantly white. Uh, so needless to say, it was the uh, part of the challenge was finding a black choir in this area who could sing that piece. Um, and uh, I said, okay, when I got that call, I said, okay, let me see what I can do. What they didn't know was prior to that call, I had been in conversation with attorney Herb Scott, who was a member of Eric AME Zion Church, and that's where I met him. And he had been talking to me about some singers that he had been singing with uh, who wanted to keep singing, but uh, they didn't have the musicians or whatever to, to keep that going. Uh, and I said, well, let me call Herb Scott. He's been talking about getting some singers together. Let me see what he can do. So I called him. And mm -hmm. lo and behold, an afternoon in March uh, of 1998, we decided we would host these people, these group of singers in my apartment. And I didn't know most of them. I don't think I, I, I didn't know most of them. I'm sorry. Not just people, 30 people. Like yeah. that's a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I was, you know, 
I was impressed. I was blown. I was like, who are these people? And they could sing. And they all knew each other. I that I was the new one. <laughs> um, so you know, it, it was this idea that they so in 1998, that was my fourth year in New Haven. Okay. So so two of those years had been spent primarily at Yale, right? In the Yale bubble. Um do, uh, earning my master's in music and choral conducting. Uh, so in 1998, I knew the people at Barrick, but I really didn't know anybody else. I was still teaching in Bridgeport. So so I I was teaching in Bridgeport. I worked at Barrick AME Zion Church. So I knew the people at Barrick, but I didn't know the people uh, outside of that who were singers of this of that caliber. Um, so for me, having those 30 people show up in my living room showed me a part of New Haven that I did not know existed. Mm. Uh, and, and, as, and, and I think that there are a lot, there's a lot of New Haven that people who show up in this town to go to school or to begin working don't know exist. Oh, I, I second that. I mean, well, you know, it... <laughs> You know why that is <laughs> it takes it takes uh it takes uh uh folks to get off that campus and then it takes folks to invite people off that campus so it's a it's a it's a, a dual thing you know well yes uh but even so i was living in new haven i was going to church in new haven uh but it wasn't until that Sunday afternoon in March 1998 that I discovered this robust group of singers who not only could sing, but who had historic knowledge of New Haven and, and, and the singing that happened prior to my arrival. Um, so so I, I, in, in my real world, it, I'm sure the Heritage Chorale in New Haven is one of the reasons I stayed in New Haven. Wow, that's pretty powerful. That's pretty uh, powerful. Yeah, because it is it when it, it is it, it is not a location that makes a place livable. It is the relationships you have with people that make a place livable. I agree. Uh, so that was I a agree. pivotal pivotal point in 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 my. Uh, not only in my, my career as a musician, but also in my socialization in New Haven. So talk to me about um, the six degrees of separation. Is that the telling of this, the story of how you connected to people in New Haven? Like what, what, what am I to learn from six degrees, uh, New Haven six degrees of separation through music? Is, that, is this your story? So it is, it is a part of it is my story, but I've invited members of the chorale to come and join, uh, to, to, to tell it from their perspectives, because what, uh, you know, I, it, it is not just my story, but it is this whole idea of connectedness within New Haven uh, that people don't know about unless people tell it. Uh, and with the Heritage Chorale, um, there are there were choirs that predate the Heritage Chorale, right? There were uh, uh, African American choirs that that um, 
people singing the Salzburg Chorale and Rock Hunters Chorale being the, the two primary ones. Um, and, then, uh, and then the new ensemble, which was another group that came along that some of the members sang in. And that's, it was members of the new ensemble and others that showed up in my apartment that, okay. that uh, afternoon. But so I, I thought about the level of connectedness that people have because they sing in the choir. Uh, and it, it really is exploring those relationships, particularly as, as we look in 2023 at the value of choral singing. You know, people say, well, you know, uh, post COVID, it's been challenging to get choir members to come back. Uh, some churches still have not uh, reinstituted their choirs. Why? Right? Because of COVID? Um, no, I, I think okay. part of it is because <laughs> it, it is it is a lot of work. <laughs> uh, it's a lot of work to find the to not only have the people, but to have the trained musicians who can work with them to find younger people. So so even before COVID, the model of how choirs run and, and, and function and rehearse needed to change. And, and the COVID pandemic just made it more clear that, that uh, if we want younger people to participate, if we, want, uh, we, if we want more people to participate, then we have to get rid of this factory model where we think that after five o'clock, people are done with work. Or that after 5 p.m., people are available to do a two-hour rehearsal every week. <laughs> but isn't that, isn't that par for the course for church churches? across this country like it was not, a, it's it was, a symptom of part of that right because churches are struggling right now they have been for the last couple of decades well and what well the truth of the matter is the institutions that struggle are those that fail to meet people's needs mm. hey. <laughs> so so i say that because part of it is, is Everybody's not available at from seven to nine on a certain night every week. Mm -hmm. When I when I'm looking at at you know uh, younger people, one if you have children, that's a challenge. If you're going back to school for another degree, that's a challenge, right? Because that eats up time. Uh, if you're taking care of elderly parents, that can be a challenge. It doesn't mean that you don't have the skill set or that you don't want to sing, but it might mean that you have some commitments that that you can't, you just can't do that every week. Um, so looking at, we're now looking at the uh, at, at how the we might need to change the model to increase participation. Okay, and 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 does that make for a good chorale? Choral? Does that make for a good choir? Does that make for I mean, do you sacrifice anything when you when you have to sort of think about maybe a shorter rehearsal time or an or an infrequent rehearsal time? Well, there are always um, uh, uh, factors that you have to consider. You know, the organizational piece. How do we rehearse? Who do we? Who's rehearsing here? How do we get music to people? Uh, uh, do we send out part recordings? What, whatever the process is. Um, and we have to see what what that now entails. 
I was talking to a friend of mine who uh, works at a church in in Washington. He said he rehearses with his whole choir uh, only one Thursday night a month, and the rest they do on Sunday mornings. He said, this is all the music we're singing this month. Let's go through it, map it out, dink, 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 figure out what we need to do. Da, 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 da. And here's the list for Sunday morning, the Sunday morning. So uh, you, we, whatever the issues were, the problems were, did they fix that before you come Sunday morning and let's put it together. Wow. So for me, what, what has gone out, what is, what is definitely leaving is this idea that you come to rehearsal to learn music. That's got to go. The, the thing now is you come to rehearsal to put the music together. Mm. So you have to come with your part already now, already learned. And there are a lot of professional choirs uh, that do that now. Um, uh, you know, where they have this, their singers are all over the country. And when we, they have a, a, a event, a concert to perform, they know what the music is and they all fly in ahead of time of the event. So they, were, they know what the music is. Learn your part. We're going to come here and put it together and shape it. Almost like the pre, prefab housing. Okay. <laughs> like We're going to make it in the warehouse and then we're going to ship it to, to wherever the property is and, and, put, and make it work. <laughs> and put the parts together. Think, and there you go. You think we built it right here. <laughs> <laughs> so is the Heritage Corral a working, a working corral? Working in what sense? <laughs> like, uh, do y'all perform often? So before COVID, yes. Uh, and now we we just started rehearsing again in January, uh, coming back and seeing uh, what participation looks like, uh, who who's available, what parts we now need to go out and find. Um, uh, and that's why I said it's it is, yeah yeah they still sing, um, and and fortunately. Uh, we're taking we we create our own schedule. <laughs> so so where do y'all perform, Jonathan? Like where, like where do you go? Like how do you do you have a do you tour? Do you are you showing up at different churches and different spaces? Like how does one hear the Heritage Choral the uh, uh, Heritage uh, the New Haven Heritage Choral? So prior to COVID, we had we would do at least two <laughs> concerts a year, right? So we had our own concerts, and then as people wanted us to participate in a variety in various events or whatever, we would uh, we would do them as masked and as we were available. But at least two concerts a year. Like in 2019, we sang the Pops concert with the New Haven Symphony. Yes. Right. Yes. And then, in obviously, in, in 2020, we had a concert playing, but and even this event at the New Haven Museum was playing, but. The pandemic had a different, different, uh, took us on a different route. Um, so, so yeah, so we, we've been concertizing for, uh, since 1998. Go, um, and most of it has been local, but we participated in, in, uh, we were, we sang for Connecticut Day at the National Cathedral in Washington, D.C. Uh, one year we, with Neely Bruce, what was it, the Convergence concert? My God, we watched all around the New Haven Green, going in and out of churches, singing music. Um, and then we did it again at Lincoln Center in New York. We've been to Boston, uh, and now twice, actually, to sing uh, um, And They Lynched Them on a Tree with Coro Allegro. 
So there have been people who we never would have met had it not been for singing. Hmm. Hmm. So, so the six degrees of separation um, is what exactly? So there was a movie about it, right? How, how we're no more than six degrees separated from anyone in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I thought about New Haven, I, I don't even know if there's one degree of separation in New Haven, honestly. <laughs> I, I don't think you will ever get to all six. Uh, but to me, it, it really is about uh, looking at this true connectedness. You know, how the people sitting in front of you, like you, like we didn't talk about this on the porch, right? <laughs> this, uh, is, this is like, well, what in the world is all, this is it, as you dig deeper into how, what people are doing, uh, you find out more about these connections and what's really happening. So for me, the Heritage Chorale in, 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 in coming together to look at this and to talk about this, uh, finding out about the relationships, finding about, out about uh, you know, how people are connected to history. Mm. Um, and we were talking the other, the other night, even in rehearsal, and, and I might have known it, but find out two of the members are our first cousins. You know, I might have known that at some point, but I don't think we we really talked about that. How <laughs> uh, one member's mother and 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 father were brother and sister. I was like, hmm. Um, and one one of the choir members brought a picture to rehearsal of of the Rock Hunters Chorale because his father sang in that. That was one of the choirs that preceded the Heritage Chorale. And wow. pictures of, of New Haven of Dixwell Congregational in the nineteen sixties. Wow. And what the choirs look like. That's why I said they, I, you're getting stuff. I'm finding something like, wow, wow is exactly right. That when you dig deeper and people really begin to talk, um, there's a level of New Haven that we don't, I don't know about. And I know that people, and I've been here for since 1994. So this is year number, what, 28, 29 of my being here in New Haven. I'm still learning it. So I know people who've only come in the past few years have no idea about... I, I didn't know the uh i did not know the singing the music history on this gospel side i knew the jazz stuff i i know the jazz history but i did not know the choral singing and the choir singing even though i know i knew of choirs when i was a kid coming up because i i grew up pentecostal so you know you can't have a pentecostal church without a banging choir you know i mean just <laughs> unheard of so, so I knew visiting churches and visiting choirs. I didn't know the depth of of the history of of, of choral singing in choirs. Oh yeah, and some of our members will be able to talk about that. You know, every church, all every black church in New Haven had a had a choir had usually multiple choirs, right? They yes. Where the loft is full. Yes. Um, yeah. uh, and there was at least one choir that that sang anthems and and concert spirituals and the music that they had learned in in college and, and what have you uh that's part of new haven the new haven tradition uh and that tradition has actually it, it has been waning for every as long as i've been in new haven um and what does that mean waning i mean i know what waning means but 
describe that. What is that? So, so this idea of choirs singing together, uh, people coming and learning music, uh, uh, and especially um, music that is uh, more classically oriented, has been. Uh, I won't say it's dying. I'll just say it's waning. You know, almost like a, there's some fire still in the in the. There's still some embers still burning, uh, <laughs> but somebody needs to come and throw some logs on and then stoke the flames. Is that you? Uh, it's not me alone. I know that. <laughs> uh, I, 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 might I don't know, flame. Jonathan. <laughs> I might stoke the flame, but somebody else has to cut the wood. I'm not doing everything now. <laughs> <clears throat> and it's not just the New Haven, the Heritage Corral either. You know, we're looking at all of the choirs in New Haven, and uh, they're getting older and older. And older, uh, I said, uh, the, there's some people who were my age, you know, I'm 50, when I got here 28 years ago, whatever that was, <laughs> and they're still there in the choir hanging on, and then, and, you know, and the young people are 60. Um, which is not, so, and, so and what needs believe... to happen, Jonathan? How do you, what, what needs to happen to, to, uh, to breathe some life into this tradition of singing and connection? Well, I think we have to address the need. And, and in order to address the need, we have to find out what that is. Um, I, I'm still discovering that, you know, there, there's some people who don't even know that they can sing. Um, there's some people, and, 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 it may, and it, in many cases, it is a case by case basis, right? Uh, what do you need to make this work for you? So we have to be willing to, to specialize uh, it, 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 to make things, or should I say to craft things specifically for people within reason. Yes, you do have to know the music. Yes, you do have to make some rehearsals. Uh, uh, but what does that look like in its entirety? And, and where would you sing? Where, where, do you have a home? So we rehearse at Bible Gospel Center, and then uh, our concerts as of late have been at Dixon Congregational, actually, which has been uh, very open um, and uh, welcoming to, to us and our concerts and our music. You know, Dixwell has a long history of great music. Oh, I, listen, I'm, I'm friends with Reverend Streets. I knew him from being uh, at the chaplain at Patel. And well, we were on the board of police commissioners together. I, he's a lovely, lovely man. Yes, he is. I, I actually met him at the gym. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know who he was or what he did, except he was on this elliptical runner beside me. <laughs> and I knew him from working out. Then, I, then when I saw him at, at Patel Chapel, I, like, I know you. <laughs> The gym is a whole nother story about six degrees of separation. <laughs> uh, it, yeah, you between the gym and the supermarket, you meet everybody. You will. Um, but but choirs are, are for me. It, it, it is a community, um, and so so ultimately we talk about people having voice. Um, and in terms of how they advocate for themselves about how they know they matter 
you know, this whole idea of the social and emotional piece of having voice mm -hmm. and, and, and what it means to be heard, what it means to be in harmony with, with other people. Uh, and the choir actually is a very tangible and uh, literal notion of what it means to have voice. Now, do you um, feel like, um, does it feel diff different because we're in the Northeast, we're in Connecticut than it does, say, in the South? Is, it, is there a distinct difference in the commitment to choir and choral singing? Uh, no. No, as far as I can tell, it is it is it is generational. Um, that the the generational piece is is what predominates, All right? So I am I reckon that there are two generations ahead of me, and at least in three generations behind me. That as a member of, of Generation X, that there is, um, you know, we were the last generation that really probably had music at home, where we had to take lessons. We had to play an instrument. Uh, that was just, that, and it wasn't just my house, it was the people around me. Yes. You know, everybody went to the uh, Miss So-and-so for those $2 <laughs> piano lessons. <laughs> whether, you could, whether you were musical or not. Yeah. No, you're <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I, I grew up like that too. Um, and then the millennials, they didn't, not as much. And then the generations behind that, I don't know what they did. They were, they were the, that became the church's optional generation. Uh, so I, I think we have to recognize who we're working with and, and not try to apply our, our, um, you know, our standards of what we consider to be normal to the generations that did not grow up the way we grew up. That could be challenging, Jonathan. Well, it, it, of course it is. Uh, but, but, but the satisfying piece is, is I've, I've seen people when they, when you put people together who can sing, uh, it changes their perspective of what singing is. And what and, and the value of community. You don't have to generally you don't have to convince them uh, that this is something that they might want to do. Okay. It's almost like looking in the mirror. It's like, oh, don't we look good? <laughs> <laughs> but, but but the thinking now has to be inviting people who don't know they can sing to come sing. Well, there definitely has to be some uh, some vetting, right? So figuring out what that looks like. Um, uh, and actually, there are some people we know they can sing because they've been in high school choirs uh, and they're still in New Haven. So, mm. so really bridging the gap now. Uh, these people who've sung at Co-op High School, who've sung at Wilbur Cross, who, who've sung at Career, who've sung at uh, HSC, who uh, come through the All City Honors Choir and the Morse Chorale, uh, and who are still in New Haven, but now they've aged out of the public school system. Where can they bring those gifts uh, for usage? Oh, that's, uh, I like that. You know, figuring that out, making space for that. 
I said, what would really be interesting, which is a whole other thing, would be to do a New Haven Public Schools alumni choir. Oh, I like that. Oh, it sounds like it sounds like you got that brewing. Is that are you <laughs> percolating that? Like what's happening? I, I'm putting it Speaking out there. It into existence. <laughs> there you go. I'm putting it out there this morning. New Haven Public School alumni choir. Oh, I love Doesn't it. No matter what school you sing at, come on. Because I think you make a good point. You raise a good point about what happens to these young people who have come through these choirs through high school and and such and have aged out, where are they singing? If they're not singing at church, if they're not going to churches, singing in their church choir, or maybe they are on some limited capacity, but all of them aren't. How do you, how do you, uh, how do you recruit them to sing? How do you get them to sing um, outside of, of those, those places? Well, I think we have to make, we have to make that provision, mm-hmm. right? So, so keep in mind, church. There are many churches that do not have choirs. They have a praise team, so they don't even offer you the opportunity to sing. Wow. I, I don't. I don't know any of this language because I don't. I don't know what a praise team. I heard the. I heard the term praise team for the first time yesterday because I was. Uh, I was at Bloom for HBCU um, uh, uh, Divine Nine photo shoot, and this young brother. Um, leads the praise team for Ebenezer Church, which was my church growing up. And I I I was like, I don't I don't know what that is. <laughs> I was like, I know I was on the choir, but I don't know nothing about a praise team. So it, it essentially is a smaller ensemble that focuses on uh, the genre of music known as praise and worship. Okay. Uh, so, you know, they tend to be like six people, seven small groups, not whole choirs, okay. right? So, so a praise team might be the size of one section of a choir. Okay. Now, is that because it's manageable, or because you might not have enough commitment to have a full-on choir? Um, uh, for a variety of reasons, people people do that. I think it's because that's what uh, praise teams have arisen because. They are, uh, some ways, more manageable. So praise teams are designed to be appetizers. Okay. The challenge I have is with churches that never go beyond meatballs and buffalo wings. <laughs> if all you all you are offering is chips, nuts, and buffalo wings, and we never get any real food out of you. <laughs> I become concerned about whether you understand what you're supposed to really do. The choir has always been considered the meal. So I'm concerned about these churches that never really cook and serve a meal. <laughs> Black, black, y'all. Yes, yes, y'all. We, we. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And then then you wonder why your numbers are off. Mm. So, you know, depending on what we eat, our numbers, when we go to the doctor, your numbers are (laughs) off. (laughs) What you been eating? Oh, well. uh... (laughs) 
<laughs> Doritos, <laughs> buffalo wings, nah. pigs in a blanket. What the, where are your? <laughs> well, where's the? Where's the rest of your diet? Yeah, your numbers are off. So, 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 your event on March first, Wednesday, uh, next Wednesday, next Wednesday, I believe. Yes. Um. The New Haven Six Degrees of Separation through Music. So that is the the Heritage Chorale. It is the Heritage Chorale. So we'll present some some uh, you know history. And y'all will be done. singing and talking, right? Well, we'll do a uh, we'll probably some recording, maybe a little bit of singing, not a whole lot now. It's not a concert. We, look, we aren't there all day. This is not <laughs> <laughs> this is not an all night event now. No, 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 no. Um so it's designed to be more of a talk and conversation. So okay. we'll, we'll talk, uh, present some of the history of the chorale. But I, I think the salient pieces are, are really hearing from the members themselves mm -hmm. about just really, um, you know, I, I, that, that New Haven history that you can only get from them. So, yeah. you know, to, we have people who are from St. Luke's Church, from Varick yeah. AME Zion Church, Bethel AME Church, Dixwell Congregational Church, Mount Zion Seventh-day Adventist Church, Bible, Gospel, and, and a, a whole host of, of other entities. Um, and, and, you know, and they all have their history and their connection. So just, right. so this, even, I don't, many of us would not have met each other because we're all in our own churches and, all, and you know, doing what we do we're busy within those the walls and the congregations of those churches that the, the heritage chorale being interdenominational has allowed us to fellowship and associate with people that we otherwise would have never met. Well, I want people to go. It is Wednesday, March 1st. Um, it's located uh, at, at the uh, New Haven uh, uh museum and you know it's over there on whitney avenue right there you can't miss it. it's a beautiful building um and it's a wonderful space yes so i want people to come and and get and get a uh another take on history of new haven through music through a, a very specific kind of music so thank you jonathan thank you it's always a pleasure to see you so i miss the nice porch when this weather oh, listen, warms up. Listen, 2023. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You know how we do. We get it in. We, as soon as the weather gets warm, we sit out there. And you know what? We'll have bigger conversations about this because I did not know this piece. And uh and I was quite uh I was quite uh uh interested in it. So thank you for coming on this morning on your day off. Well, yeah. it's been it spending it with me and talking about this important music. So. Absolutely. Thank you for this opportunity. It's always, it's always a pleasure. Thank you. And thank you for adding so much to the to the depth and breadth of New Haven. You really, you really do add thank to you. this. I know you're an educator, but you, you bring so much to this community. And I, I just want to thank you right now, right here for, for, uh, for all the good things that you bring to us. So thank you, Jonathan. Thank you. I will see you soon. And thank you, New Haven Museum. All right, Harry Droz, I will see you tomorrow and everybody else. Uh, Y'all behave out there in these warm streets. <laughs> <laughs>
Hi, this is Bass Rolls Ivy from New Haven, Connecticut. New Haven feels like Virginia, Jonathan. N-A-P-L-P. I don't know. We might be a little warmer. M. Streaming live at newhaven.org. <laughs> 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 